This is how it's going to start. It's me. Welcome to the podcast. It's uh, me, Jimmy Jason Jack, the Pickleback Champion Sack, also known as Jason Pepperhouse, the old dog Vaseline housing expert. Me, Kevin Tipcorn, also known as your baby boy, Kevin T, number one tea freak for free, popping up inside of all sorts of Ked pop-up shops. I'm the guy who sells Keds to the kids. This is me here on the Executive Buffet, also known... That's Daddy's Big Red Truck. Daddy's Dad, big, big, big Red Truck. It's a massive, it's a truck that's wider than it is long. And, uh, <laughs> goes anywhere. Yeah, it's a super fucking wide truck. It's Daddy's, it's Diddy's BRT. It's like a BLT, but it's for daddies, okay? So you're here right now, you're doing that. We love that you're here. Welcome to being in it. Daddy's rig, bag, Daddy's rig bed tuck. It's wider than it is long, so you can sleep um, in the back like a king-size bed. You can have a bunch of dogs in there, no problem. Bust some wheelies, rip up your neighbor's grass. Here we are in that podcast, also known technically as Live to Tape. Still, even though we are open during construction. That's correct. We are open during construction. You're listening to the only audio podcast, soon to be visual and audio, that is open during construction. Uh, thank you for appreciating my time and your time and being with us here today. This fine music we're hearing behind us right now is something from an Australian band I kind of just discovered. They're called um, <laughs> they're called Babe Rainbow, and this song is called Peace Something Something. It's called uh, you know it's called it's called Peace Rainbow, Peace Blossom Boogie. They're a fun band. 
Who knows what, what they're about? They're Australian. We don't know. I haven't investigated them yet fully. I haven't done a full background check as you're supposed to do now before you listen to music to make sure that they're everyone's above board. I just kind of assume the opposite now. Don't we all just assume the opposite now? Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm back on Twitch, everybody. Come check me out on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash live. <laughs> it's twitch.tv slash Johnny Pemberton. That's twitch.tv slash Johnny Pemberton. I'm there every Monday when I'm available and oftentimes more than that. It's a super fun time. It's like the podcast, but more live, more crazy, more loud, more scream, and it's interactive, unlike this current medium that we're existing in right now. You don't know, you can't interact with this. You can put on some speakers and sort of dance around the sounds coming out, but that would be personal interaction, not with me and everything. Also, I gotta let you know, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash live to tape. That's patreon.com slash live to tape because you are listening to live to tape with Johnny Pemberton right now. That's the podcast. Please check that out. Make yourself available. That we have exclusive mixes and it will also be, it uh, gives you access to the Discord in which we'll be doing uh, some live DJ events and playing music and stuff. It's all about that. It's where the stuff is, everything's archived on the Patreon. It's where you can get all that stuff. Okay. Also, I have to let you know, I have to let you know I'm going to be in Austin, Texas at the Creek and Cave, October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. I think I'm doing two shows on uh, Friday and two on Saturday. That's the Creek and Cave in Austin, Texas, t- October, October 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Come on by. It's going to be really great. I'm these shows have been a long time in coming, and I'm super excited to share them with you. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking blast. I cannot wait. I'll also be in Houston on that Sunday, October 24th, with The Secret Group. I might have some other shows around that same time. Please be sure to check back to my uh, check my Instagram, check my Twitter, and check the website to make sure, uh, in case you don't hear it on the podcast here. But yeah, go to those places and engage with all those areas and, and, and thoughts and feelings like that. Is it just me or is this loop getting tiresome really fast? It is. I'm done with it. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull an audible right now. I'll be, I'll be back immediately with something new. Okay? I mean, look at that. That wasn't so hard, was it? I mean, it seemed like it was hard to... Actually, it seemed like it was effortless to you, to y'all. But for me, that was quite simple. I just, uh, you know, I just paused it and, and fixed it. But I liked the variety, though. I liked that we did have that one sound to begin with. Now we have this sound, okay? It's much more chill, and it allows me to introduce the, the second part of the podcast to y'all, to you, to people here, to guys that I know that are called you. Also, if you could rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, it's super easy to do. Just go to whatever place you do, listen to it, and rate, review, and subscribe to it. And if you write a long review, I will laugh at it. I appreciate it. Okay, I said Twitch. I said the Patreon. I said uh, the tour dates and stuff. So now I'll introduce my guests. You've heard these people before. You already know who they are from the title of the episode, probably. It's Blair Saki and Steve Hernandez. I love talking with them. I would love to have a regular podcast 
with Steve and Blair, but we kind of do in a way, because we're always going to be doing this. And here's just yet another classic installment of the continuing conversation with B and S. Blair. And Steve. You're a little hot, Blair, but what's new? Yeah, I'm always... She's coming in hot. Hot on the mic. Check, one, one, one. Yes. Check, check, check. Yes, one, Scarface, one, one. Scarface. Pizza, Scarface, posters, frame. Posters, Jerf, breaky, Jerf Beaky. Okay. <laughs> We're great. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, y'all. Dude, this place is so cute. You've been should, inside here? It's so no, cute. I, I thought you were... You just stayed outside the entire time? Yes. Wow. Well, it was well, like lockdown when we were here. Yeah. Was it? I mean, I know the party I could have come in, but everything yeah. was just happening out there. It was an outdoor event. Blair's on her phone. No, she's not. Well, technically, you just literally were. So no, she was not. She, she actually, yes, she was. No, they, no, they, they, they weren't. They, no, oh, they, she sorry wasn't. about no, that. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> What's up? Are we started? Yes. Yeah, of we started. started now. Is it weird to be inside? I guess. Uh, yeah, it's know. not our usual setup. Not the usual setup, but here we are. Here we is. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking down a hundred ounce Diet Coke on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that thing. Look how fucking big it is. I just put down a beef jerky to go with it. A oh bag God. of beef jerky. She comes in here with <laughs> with a full bag, you know, an 11 by 8 bag of beef jerky the size of like a notebook piece of paper. And this big gulp. This is like trucker size. This is the kind of thing this where typically you would have your own mug that you would go in with. And you'd say, hey, what's up, Jim? Oh, hey, how you doing? Great. You know what I mean? You got a tab at the fucking a and p.m. I just what? got a. I just got off the route. She uh, tweets about this kind of stuff, and nobody believes her. <laughs> I always believe her when she I'm, says like, "Oh, I just polished off a large pep pizza." I'm, or no, she doesn't eat pepperoni anymore. But I'm just like, yeah, she pounded a whole pizza. I fully did. You see and what this is called? <laughs> you see what it's called? Um, the size? Double gulp. Oh, double extra large. Double extra large. Fuck, that's too big. It's a double extra large. I had that moment where I was in front of like the cups, you know, that are at your waist, mm-hmm. and you had to make a choice. And I was like, I could do the right thing here, and then I just chose not to. Well, what is the right thing? To get a Not small. getting a... No, the right thing is just like getting anything else, like water. That's no, the right thing. No, but I said, you know, I could be in moderation and just get a small. And I said, no, I'll have a gallon, please. <laughs> is this in addition to coffee today? Okay, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? I got to know. Okay, no, well. it's true. It well, is. you know I do drink a gallon of water a day. Right. So I feel like that does flush out a lot of shit, but I did have a coffee. this. I woke up this morning like a fucking zombie. I've been so tired. Me I've too. Because I've just been all over the place. I was mm-hmm. in on the road and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all were. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? What's new? Tell me. I want to hear about this, though, with the coffee thing. What about it? Yeah, had a cup of coffee this morning. Well, this is what happened. I woke up okay. and I could not get out of my fucking bed. I said, I am plastered to this thing. Right. It felt so good. And You're tired. I, what time I, did you go to bed? I probably fell asleep at 1030. Wow. And so then I I clicked on my Allen on me. I mean, my 12 step, um, my 12 step <laughs> meeting that you what? Do I have to redact this now? No, We're no, three you don't have to in. redact it. You don't have to redact it. Just listeners know that I meant to say anonymous 
12-step meeting that could be any type of 12-step <laughs> meeting. Anyway, right? because that's part of the traditions. You're not supposed to tell. Anyway, the so tradition. I clicked that on because I was like, that was my way in my um, phone of just not having to get up. So mm-hmm. I just listened to it on my phone for an hour. Then I had to get to the Doug and Brent podcast. Right. And so I stopped at Starbucks and I said, give me a venti because my brain is dead. Baby. A venti hot. No, venti iced. Venti iced. Yeah. That is a lot of coffee. I know. That's like, you know, oh, my God, it's so much coffee. Venti ice is like what you do if you you work like a sales job or something like that. That's what it felt like. And also, I don't drink caffeine after noon. Okay. Except Except for this, which has a significant amount of caffeine in it. Oh, my God. What time is it now? Like, this is is like having four cups of coffee almost. Really? Maybe three cups of coffee. Is that true? Yes, because this has Diet Coke, has more caffeine than regular Coke. Is that real? Twice the caffeine. It's like 74 milligrams of can. How do you know? Because I know about stuff You're like a this. I know about caffeine stuff because I have to regulate my intake a lot because I'm really careful. Like this, I'm just careful with it. How much I, can you have? Just depends. You ever take L theanine? No. Ooh, I should be taking that. What does that do? It's supposed to mellow out the caffeine, it's supposed to keep, keep you from getting like jitters and stuff. Huh, I've never even heard about this stuff. Do you drink yeah. caffeine, Steve? Yes, but less and less because it is it does affect me negatively. Now. Like in what way? Too anxious. Anxiety? Yeah. yeah, this stuff can help, actually. If you need, it's it's not the normal time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Me and Johnny, one of, I swear, like our main bonding point huh. is how much we hate leaf blowing. Yeah. I hate, I especially hate the gas ones. Those are the worst. Like this one going super, on outside? Yeah, it's super polluting. Wait, that's gas? Yeah, it's gas. It's not just gas. It's a two-stroke engine, which means that it burns oil. It literally burns oil. Oh, that's like a dinghy engine. Outboard motor? Yeah, two-stroke. Yeah. Two-stroke. Those are super polluting. They're like the worst engines that exist. God, I love firing around one of those things in the harbor in the lake. Yeah, dog. On the fucking harbor? Yeah. How was San Diego? It was so fun. It was so fucking fun. I forgot about like... I mean, I didn't forget about how much I love my best friend, but I hadn't seen her. In, <laughs> I hadn't seen her in so long, and like you know, we started comedy together, mm-hmm. and we would just mob around New York every night doing spots. And like I was telling Johnny, it's spots, just, baby, spots. I know that's such a fucking New York. I mean, I need some. Sp- I need say. some spots. Hey, we're gonna get some spots. I, I need know, some spots. I know. I sound like a dick, but um, yeah, but it w- We were just like working on jokes the whole time, and like watching. She's such a fucking good comedian. Like, when I watched her, I was like, oh, and it made me want to be so much better and not in a way, like, not in... I know what you mean. Not in a competitive way. Like, in a way where I was like, oh, I need to, like... I'm not getting enough meat off the bone or like right. I can do the, and, she, and you know, and she was telling me the same shit too. And we were just having, it was just so fucking fun. And American comedy company was great. And oh my God, downtown San Diego, what a wild place. Like I haven't been there. You mean the gaslight district? Yes. Yeah. The gaslight. It was probably swarming. We were right? like, this is a mix of Arizona and New Orleans. Trump, Trump, baby. Yeah. I did, I did like ask about QAnon. Like, in the crowd, ask the crowd about Q&A. Right? They were like, um, wait till after the show, please. One girl yelled, I'm Q. Like, dead seriously. Because, you know, there's, like, there's freakos down there. Wow. And then I said, I said, I will return the children if you don't talk the rest of my set. Wow. She said that unprompted? 
No, no she probably has. I said, how many of you are QAnon? Crazy, right? <laughs> no, Q. they were. No one said anything except for this one girl that yelled, "I'm Q." Maybe she said, "I'm queer." No, she didn't. She <laughs> like, said, I'm, I'm queer. I'm queer. I'm queer. I'm queer. <laughs> Thank you for coming out at my show. Thank you for coming out to my show. Thank you for coming out at my show. But please, no. Yeah, there was a lot of bros down there, though. I was like, I could go. Um, it's the hole in the ground where the bros come out. There. Yeah. It's like the bro. What's it called? The Fountainhead. It's the Bro Fountainhead, right? It's a military town. Yeah. I kept like seeing. I kept being like, "Yeah," and Rose would like, "Sit, you're." Why? Because you see, like, I do with like half his shirt ripped off, like, like ambling around, just like with his dick dragging on the ground. There was something about being down there, like when you're in a wild place like that, like these like sort of trashy places, like it does bring that out in me, like. This 19-year-old guy said hi to me in CVS. I didn't know he was 19, though. I could just tell. And he he was, like, very hot, and he knew he was hot, so he had the confidence to just full-on talk to two, like, older blonde women. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Why didn't you? Because he was... 19 and did you didn't know it was 19 she was just like feeling it though. yeah she was I was. smelling it it yeah, was just the yeah. whole thing you know? there was an exchange and i was like i sort of just like didn't like that he knew how hot he was but that's you, not attractive isn't that weird how that's not attractive well, how it, it, it's it really is, attractive. Primal it is level, on a primal level yeah. those are the people i sleep with that are like that <laughs> have that horrific confidence got it yeah but also it's not very sustainable though Oh, no, no, not at all. Right. You can't build a relationship with oh, those yeah. people. I'm like wildly attracted to just dumb, white, conservative, evangelical. Like Megan McCain, I had the biggest crush on her. <laughs> I still have. Wait, the that is wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just whatever it is. That's what I grew up I grew up in the I church. I get it. I yeah. just like, I want to mainline that. To oh. me, I would never. I want a piece. I would never anymore, but. Uh, I want to. I know what you're saying because, yeah. like, when I go to these conservative places or, like, Orange County, and, like, I know I don't have much in common with them, but something, <laughs> like, I guess the muscle memory clicks yes. in where you're, like, like home. yeah. 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 Yeah, it's easy. Is that what it is? Probably it's like a, there's, like, a built-in familiarity. I think that's, a, that's probably what it is. Yeah, like, it's not easy, but it right. is familiarity. That's what it is, I think. I do. If I could, you know, I... I I do think I've thought about this a lot, especially with all this vaccine stuff going on. And I mm-hmm. wish I didn't. I'm doing this in my new YouTube show that's coming out soon. <gasps> yeah, it's called, yeah, it's called Read the Bible with it, me. It's a Bible study. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so cool. <laughs> thank you. Are you being joking? No, no, no. no oh, my God. I'm this guy doesn't joke about I've got two like episodes that. in the can and I'm recording a third. I'm going to release the first one, I think, this week. Cool. But, um, How long is it? They're like 45 minutes. Wow. It's a YouTube show? Yeah. Two camera? You like two camera or yeah. what? Are you it's making producer fun of the Bible or? No, I will, I will tell you. The first one I kind of explain like where I'm coming from. Second episode, I actually get into the Bible. We're going through the book of James first. And we're using a book by a woman, a preacher named Joyce Meyer. And uh, I did I the first Joyce one. Meyer. Yeah, I love Joyce Meyer. Uh, what? She's, she's a great preacher. Never heard of her. <laughs> she's, well? she's great. You'd love her. Right. Um, but I did the first one and I... After I did it, I was like, fuck, I think I'm going to have to like get into the Bible. What do you like, mean get into it? Like I know it all from years ago. Yeah. I grew up with it. But I think I'm going to have to journal and study and do all the things I used to do to prepare for a teaching. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do that thing again. Because I, I felt, I don't want to say I felt, it, it didn't feel half-assed, but I, a lot of things were coming up in my head and I was like, oh. You want no. to be tight. I'm, I'm going to be tight. I'm going to have, yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to, for it to, this podcast to be what I want it to be, 
I've got to like really come at it from a serious point of view. And then you can do I can do comedy very yeah, easily. Yeah, because once you feel stable in that thing, you can fuck around after that. Yes, because I, I just take it seriously still. I, mm-hmm. I just uh, I don't think it's perfect or anything like that, but I I do want to honor whatever it is. I'm not a black pilled guy. You know what I mean? What's that mean? Black pilled means like I'm just like. Um, like I think the world's gonna end, or it's just I'm so over. Like like a uh, Brendan Walsh, like, a doomer. like our good friend Brendan Walsh, nihilist. Yeah, yeah, like a nihilist. I used yeah. to be a hardcore black pillar, like maybe seven, eight years ago. Yes, hardcore. Yeah, nihilist, yeah. exactly. Like Tim Dillon, like that kind of thing. Or Tim's uh, something else. You know what uh, I feel like? I feel like that stuff is. I look at that stuff now. I'm like, oh man, you are. You can. This is gonna. You're gonna grow out of this. I see that stuff. I do I feel think, like, oh, yeah. this is like kind of like a, like a, it's a kind of juvenile in a way. Well, I, yeah, there is something to that. But I, well, it was, it's like all those 22 year olds I used to know that were obsessed with, when I was 22, all those 22 year old guys were obsessed with Christopher Hitchens. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you just haven't lived any life. You're just trying to grab hard onto a very hard perspective. But Tim Dillon, I've known him since I've started. And what I always say about Tim is he was always like that. (laughs) (laughs) He was like that from day one. This is nothing new. This isn't a new persona. Like he is literally the exact same person that he was. But now he has to be. (laughs) It's like you could grow out of it and be like, but we don't want you. Yeah, I don't don't know if he ever was going to grow. I mean, yeah, I I haven't known Tim as long as We can stop blowing his ears up, but I want (laughs) to talk more about your shit. Yeah, yeah, but anyways, yes. Not blackpilled. Yeah, yeah, I'm not blackpilled. And uh, I I forgot what the, I forgot what was the original question. You were, I asked you what black pilling is, but you were talking about no, no, the podcast. No, 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 before the podcast, though. The The reason why I brought up the podcast. The tone of it? Who knows? No, I forget now. But, uh. You were just talking about, you were talking about how you're attracted to. Evangelicals, you're talking about practicing your I, sermons for this I podcast. You were about the tone of what your show was. That's how we got into. You said it's not like nihilism. Yeah, that, that's true. It's not black. It's not BP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what it's going to become. Yeah. And then I'm going to have some. I'm going to have guests on too. I just want to get a hold of it. This is the sure. first time I haven't really gotten a hold of thing, but I felt called by God to start the thing. You really? <laughs> uh, almost said it with no, a no, face. It's, no, no. I'm. I mean, oh, we, you are. I, you're I say this on the first episode. Yeah. I, I call God. My intuition. conscience and yeah. my intuition. Uh, it's all the same. When I used to do sermons, right. I, the, I, the thing I call the Holy Spirit is still in me. It's the thing that tells me jokes and tells me to forgive my mom and tells me uh, – it's all the same thing. Yeah. So I don't mind calling that thing God. I still call it – I've got to get to the place I think where I feel comfortable calling it that again because – that's what it is to me. That's yeah. exactly what um, God is to me, too. Yeah. Like, um, just... Holy Spirit fucking rules, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. But God to me is like, is like love connection to my... The highest version of what myself is. Like, so a lot of times when I'm trying to make a decision or something, I'm like, what would the highest version of me choose right now mm-hmm. or things like that i divine inspire divine inspiration ideas like feelings infallibility like- <laughs> that's, that's one, one of the things i do is I, I deal with you know infallibility as a person because i uh, much like the pope i inherited the oh, oh, wow. yeah. oh yeah i remember when i first started to talk about all of that stuff again is because there is a part of me i think about when i work at the chatterbox all the time right that would love to shut off like the thinking part the part of me that is a comedian and that's inspired. I would love to live a suburban life, oftentimes. Yeah. Me too. I would love to just shut it off. There are plenty of women. Uh, there's been women in my past that I was like, oh, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a junior high principal. 
and you're in love with me. It's I, very I'm in simple. love with you. This would be so great. Path is clear. Yeah, it's just not. It's not in the. It's not in the works for me. It's all working toward basically during my life. The goal is to have a nice boat. I but feel the have same. A nice boat. But uh, my dream is, like, and I only feel like I could do this if I get successful enough. Like, if I got successful enough, like I would leave LA and get a house on a lake in like some very gorgeous forest area, Montana, Idaho, Yosemite, mm-hmm. something like that. Wyoming. You can't live in Yosemite. It's a national Where I would live. <laughs> 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 you get what I'm fucking saying. your head because I told you I'm going there. You that's get why what I'm like, fucking beep. saying. I know. Something that's just so picturesque because like my, especially in quarantine, it became very awakened even though I acted on it little to zero is just like when I see Carl Hess and Brooks like on these and you like on these insane camping trips that like these pilgrimages i'm like that's all i want and i'm like i just want to be in nature yeah it's not that easy to be in nature though i think a lot of people say that and think that but you always say that to me because you think i'm some like no i don't think that at all i think that about myself even i've done stuff where man this is great but at the same time this it's not like it's not effortless it's not the same as i love going there it's what you it's how i used to talk about los angeles i love living here because I love to leave here. It's the best city to live in <laughs> to go other places. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's simple. It's kind of boring. Yeah. You can you can be take it slow here if you want to. You can also go crazy, but it's so nice to go other places because it's like oh they have weather, they have this all this different stuff, and here it's like like in this big megadon of stuff. But in a way, it's kind of simple and comforting. I feel like Los Angeles is in that sense. It's kind of mm-hmm. chill. The same way I feel about like hardcore nature and stuff like that, where it's great, but I mean, living in it, unless you like have like a house or something, you have to have something that's uh, some sort of a, what's the word, some sort of domestic life. Otherwise, you're just going to be, you might as well be like a hobo kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's so confusing to me because I go down to Orange County mm-hmm. and, you know, spiritually what I've come to is that the reason that I am not married and the reason I haven't gotten into a relationship yet is because I'm not ready actually even though I'm wanting this thing and I haven't changed my behavior or whatever Um, but when I go down there and I see all my brother's friends and all of them these guys that I grew up with and they're like four or five years older than me and they're all so happy like being married and having children like they're just so happy with that and I'm like God, I want that too, but I just never would have. I if I do get to that, it's gonna be much later in life because like I just would would never even close to being someone who would have been able to get married young in Orange County and not just be like I'm just had too complicated or get I guess. Yeah, also eighties and nineties, you know, people eighties and nineties they settle down. That's too reductive. <laughs> That's way too reductive. Okay, maybe not eighties and nineties, but maybe like low hundreds. A lot of people, a lot of, oh, if, and if, not, if not that too, some people just don't want to, they don't like, here's my impression of a guy talking to you. Oh, wow, you're a comedian? God, I can never do that. That must be scary, right? Man, I thought about it, but you know what? I just, it's just so freaking scary. That's just crazy. You couldn't travel like that? Like, most people are like that. Most people are just like, yeah, this but is that's scary, what I frightening. would say to like a singer. I don't know. I think that's too reductive. Like these people. It's not that reductive. It's kind of. It's not. I, I think I there's some honor, nuance on that. I think there's honor in yeah. not needing to this desperation no. to 
perform in front of no, people. No, 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 Desperation, no. but you wouldn't be a com- you're not a comedian because it's what you want to do. It's because what you have to do. If you didn't do it, you would be fucking nuts. I know. You would be if you were if you had not done this, you would probably would have been through a divorce by now. Maybe I, no, two I divorces. know I would have been. <laughs> so think about I that. No, I would have been divorced at 28 exactly. in Newport yeah. Beach. Yeah. So, probably have like fake tits by now or some shit. Who knows? You might be like fucking. <laughs> That's cool. You might be destitute, or you might be like super unhappy, addicted to drugs with like a bunch of alimony or some crazy shit. All because what are you we didn't thinking? do like the Oxy, thing. Vicodin? <laughs> yes. Probably Oxy. Vicodin and Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vic- there's not. I w- nobody at this table is that kind of comedian. Where I'm, I'm not desperate for the stage. Oh, like lay it on me, the attention. It's just not. That's not why. We we do that. Okay, good. I know. I don't. I don't actually feel that way. And like my first three years of comedy, I know you do. I know you do. You get a like. I you get really like antsy if you haven't performed in a while. Like I don't really feel that way. Oh my god, I lose my mind. For me, it's yeah. I don't know. You also perform more than I do. Really? Like you're like you're like in the sweet spot right now. I guess. Because you've been how long have you been doing comedy? Eight years. Yeah, that's the fucking. Including the pandemic. That's the fucking sweet spot right there. Yeah. When I was at that point, I was just like busting out shows like crazy. Yeah. And now it's like, well, yeah, that's what it is. I guess. So you don't, you don't feel like you're antsy to perform because you're always performing. <laughs> I so guess. Like, you get booked yeah. a lot, right? Really? You're doing three or four shows a week. A just lot. getting booked. You probably um, say no to shows, huh? <laughs> yeah. Same with, same with Amy. Amy says I've no always, to shows all the time. I have always said no to shows though, like. I yeah, don't. this is a woman's life, though. I guess. I said it. I said it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's true. Well, controversial. If you're, a, if you're a funny woman, God, you don't have to. You just like wink at someone like, you, you went to the show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point in time, I think that might be true. Absolutely. To, to, to someone. To this yes. point in time, for sure. Yes. Like, like last like five years or so. Yes. If you are, if you are all funny and you're a woman, you, can, you have your pick. I feel like there's so many funny female comedians in LA. Sure, but think of how many mm. male comedians there are. It's like yeah. an ant mound versus a bunch of butterflies. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It's just the numbers that's are. That's true, yeah. If, you, if you're Different. a funny comedian that's like, that can perfor- that can deliver, you're going to get booked five, six, seven times a week. Oh, yeah, because people are begging you to do your show because they just want to like, God, save me, save me, please. <laughs> please, help my show. <laughs> well, it's so funny when I... Um, I, I watch the things. I watch who gets booked, and then uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting. I feel like I keep promoting <laughs> my things, but I have my show that you're doing, Johnny Hernia, yeah. and I'm just like looking to put things together, and I'm like, oh, they, that's why these people are getting booked all the time because I'm trying to do the right thing when you're booking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't book unfunny <laughs> people. I really can't. I can't either. But I'm talking about representation. Uh, for women, for me, oh. for la- uh, Latinos and Latinx yeah. people, mm-hmm. uh, for queer people, trying to do all this thing to it, you're like, there's certain people. Oh, that, it's a puzzle, yeah. There's certain people that'll knock out three of them, and you're like, yes, that's. Oh, <laughs> oh right. I, I know. It's, it's like when you're on the other side of that stuff. That's why I could never book. Like when we did our show at Satellite, I was just so happy to not book it. I would show up not knowing who's on the show. Oh, that's exactly our show. When <laughs> oh, we literally it's the have, best. I never. People would be like, even just this last um, thing before it all got shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I kept getting messages like, oh, I'm doing your show in two weeks. And like, I, I don't even have access to the booking sheet. I literally wouldn't know. <laughs> and we made it like that on purpose. Cause you like, have to. And then, you know, there are people that get booked and you're like, that would, I would not have chosen that. But that is what the price you yeah. pay. There's a lot of people we had. I'm just like, oh, this person is a fucking, this is terrible. Yeah, like and a it's horrible it's destroying comedian. the show. <laughs> but people, that's what you get. Yeah, it's what you get for not Handing being Handing it off. But yeah. also, it's so nice. To have to not have to worry about that shit. I can't be involved in it. Like I, I can barely like show up to my own show. Like I can't do any of it. This is such like before talk. Yeah. Like this is such like pre-pandemic conversation. For a second there, for like maybe ten seconds, you, you just dropped in. You'd be like, when was this? Was this an old podcast? Yeah, this is 2019. This sounds like it's coming back. I do think the next uh, the next month, everyone's gonna have to decide how they are going to handle this because. This is going to be our life for the next couple of years, at least. Yeah. So to me, it's like the most. It's like it's beyond depressing. It's one of those things where I feel like it's. Uh, like I, I was talking to someone about it. It seems sort of like. Uh, I had some. I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, I was kind of stoned, so that probably didn't help. I woke up like startled awake, thinking like, "Oh my god, um, nothing's gonna ever be the same ever again." It's like basically. I'm not saying you can't go home again. I can't. You can't go home, kind of thing. It feels well, like I that. I feel like we just had a conversation on the phone about this. Probably. And you were really disturbed. Yeah, you kept saying just... things are never going to be the same <laughs> again, and I was like, I know, but it's okay. It's always been like that. There's always, there's always big moments in history, but it is crazy because they just fucking come out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. I remember that week, and we've been hearing about coronavirus for three, four months. Yeah. And then I. We were going. I was going to Hawaii for a show, and I, if I had been headlining, I would have canceled the show. But I was opening, right? And I got this feeling in my stomach where I was like, "I'm not God," and <laughs> where I was like, "I'm not supposed to be getting on this flight. I'm not supposed to be getting mm-hmm. on this flight." Th- for whatever reason, it was an old plane. There were no TVs and no Wi-Fi. We land in Hawaii. I turn on my phone, and it's NBA canceled. Everything canceled. This was March. Uh, March 12th, 2020. Yeah. March 11th, March 12th. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then at that point, of course, they didn't know one thing. And so it just became panic, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I was just like, I got to get home. I mean, I don't want to get stuck here. Like it was just a really crazy situation to think that it just took over the whole world in one second. Yeah. That stuff to me, I was almost exciting. What What I dread the most is just the idea of how much conjecture there is everywhere constantly about everything now to the point where the whole, to me the whole world sort of feels like your parents are divorced, getting a divorce. <laughs> and I hate it because it feels like this thing where there's this gnashing where there's so much disagreement constantly. Yeah, I hate that. I don't, I don't want to pick a side, but I also don't want to have to be like floating in the middle here. It just, it's something about it. It's such, such like a great source of dis-ease. Yes, that yeah. I, I like... I, I don't know. I realize that everything's always changing and that all times, nothing's ever the same. But obviously, this is like, a, I think it's like a, a higher version of entropy than it's ever happened in our lifetime. And so if you think about that, it's like, it's just so so daunting that we're alive now. We have to navigate these waters that it's like, you throw on top of that, like the whole climate, the UN climate report and stuff. Like even if you just believe a, a piece of that, doesn't really matter what you believe. It matters what most people <laughs> think. And so it's like yeah. people are mad about this, but those people disagree. Yeah. And just so fucking like churning. That to me is why I feel like, oh, this is, this is we're never going to, you're never going to like walk into a store 
and it's just going to be like, oh, you know what? I wonder if I should be wearing a mask or not, or do, they, do this person care? Like, that's why there's so much judgment. I guess that's what I, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot more on top of already what was. That's why I'm mm-hmm. like, that's why also I think like camping is such even a deeper experience now because mm-hmm. you're off your phone you're back in like an old world before any of this shit existed yeah. you're away from all those people and masks and all those things that put you in this like current um, just sort of that mark panic. the time for you yeah it feels exactly like you're, you're out of time for a little yeah. bit except I also think that this time mm-hmm. and you know me do starting that YouTube thing is making me think alright what do you believe because for me to kind of push against this thing that's been around for a couple thousand years, I have to know what I believe right. and why I believe that. So even with this stuff, I have a couple of people that are very close to me, people I love dearly that aren't going to get the vaccine or like believe all the bullshit. Yeah. And I just I have nothing to say to them. But also, I'm not going to cut them out of my life. Yeah, you have to. You have to do this thing now where you can't care. Otherwise, you get exhausted from being like, oh, these people did this. It's like I don't have I don't have time or energy to care about what some fucking person thinks. Or if you voted like for Trump or why or yeah. whatever well, happened to you in your past. for a while. Well, like my 95-year-old grandma won't get the vaccine. And her... 95? 95. Well, and she's got one foot in the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I said to her, because she's, she's, so, she's extremely stubborn. Is this her? She has only used um, a holistic doctor and she had breast cancer in the 70s and she refused to get chemo and radiation. She just got a mastectomy. And so like she said, my my doctor has kept... My holistic doctor has kept me alive this long. And I was like, Grandma, but I know. But now, if you catch it, one, you will die immediately. Mm-hmm. Two, you, your last years, like, d- don't you care about quality of life? Because now she's fully isolated. Like, her ladies won't refuse to let her play bridge because they don't want to play bridge with her because she's unvaccinated. Wow. What a cool lady. <laughs> I'm kind of into this lady. What a, what a stalwart. What a hard ass. 95? Damn. She is I mean, everyone in my family is, like, the most stubborn person on fucking earth. She's all there still? Oh, she is so fucking all there. (laughs) It's crazy. What's the secret, you think? I mean, she does crossword puzzles. Ricotta? Ricotta? Uh, (laughs) She's very mentally sophisticated, very smart person. Crossword probably is. Very educated. Yeah. Not bad for an Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she actually went back to college when she was in her fifties. Like she didn't, oh, she didn't wow. do college. When she Damn. didn't get to finish college when she was young. What did so she, she study? Back. Um, I want to say philosophy. Damn. Yeah. I date her. <laughs> but you're married, so. Oh, well, I just date. Thing. I can date a woman. I don't oh. want to do that. <laughs> I can date a woman who's old enough to Unvaxed, be my great grandmother. Unvaxed, yeah. <laughs> Unvaxed is what Unvaxed. you're looking for. It's <laughs> like the main thing, the God. main draw. The freaking vax. What a free thinker. I'm so bored of the vax. The fact that it doesn't really work that well. I know. So what, do, what do I say to a friend who I don't even think he's he's not even anti-vax. He just hasn't gotten around to it yet, but he got it like a he got coronavirus like three months ago. Right. What do I, what do I tell that guy? Like, what's the reason to get it? I don't think he can. What do you mean? I mean, what can you tell? If he would have gotten it, 
He would have gotten it if he was going to get it. No, he, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like the reason to get it. Yeah. I can't even say because once you get vaccinated, you could pass it on to people. It doesn't matter anymore. If you got coronavirus yeah. three months ago, it doesn't matter anymore. That's right? what, that's what depresses me so much is this thing where it's like, you remember, remember how much you waited to get the vaccine? I was always like vaccine <laughs> competitions and people trying to get it. And then you got it. Like, ah, I got it. And then it's like, fast forward to a few weeks ago. It's like, but but i but i tried so hard to get it i got it it's like hey um yeah so it kind of like isn't really a vaccine it's more of like a (laughs) sort of like a proactive it helps you from getting really sick uh i won't actually it's like um fucking (laughs) just it's like i don't know something about it just it's like finding like buying a car and you show up it's like it's blue it's like yeah i ordered a red car it's like well, uh, <laughs> um, I don't have to tell you. This is blue. You bought it. It's yours. Uh, we can send it back, but then you yeah. won't have the car. It's like, yeah. okay, I guess I'll drive around this car. It's not what at all what I wanted. And yeah. then it's not the model you wanted. How not about even that the model. Too, yeah, it's like this is a this is a sedan. It's like, yeah, you ordered a sedan, right? It's like, no, this is supposed to be a sports car. It's like, no, it's not. So not to be like, um, you know. Uh, Again, spiritually, the lesson that I've been learning after someone who's been, like, dealt with um, intense depression and anxiety had to manage that throughout my life, like, you would think this is, you know, the gauntlet of that, but it's sort of reset my priorities, um, like, really, really zoomed out in a way I hadn't when I had just been compulsively doing comedy for years without stopping and like yeah. just trying to get, get, survive, survive, survive. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, you know? And then I was just like, just keep staying busy. Well, now I'm just like, I can't control anything. I have to fully be cognizant for my um, health and happiness and try to find a way to happiness mm-hmm. because I don't think we're like taught that. And so now I'm just like, I can't give any of my power, security, happiness, validation to like anything outside of me. You can't give it away for free. You're saying you can't like just like it's like well, uh, you can't let other how other people are going to live their lives or their actions or anything like that. Yeah, or whether even or not the you're going to be happy. Or even the state of the world. Like I, uh, this quarantine taught me, and obviously this is extremely privileged perspective like for me not being in the hospital my family not being in the hospital not experiencing my family dying or Mm -hmm. anything like that right but like i was like you know especially i've had to deal with like depression whatever bad things have happened in your life trauma all these things i was like i have to life is fucking short Mm -hmm. i need to stop thinking when i get this i'll be happy when i have this i'll be secure when I have this, I was like, I just need to pursue like joy and feeling good in a way that I had never realized where I was just like, it's just a day to day thing. And I just need to focus on today. Holy spirit, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially since, you know, obviously this has been a week. We're recording this. I think it's been a little over a week since our friend Trevor died. So that was like a big, that was fucking, I mean, that's obviously it's like still just fully, in my head and stuff, but it's like that's one of those things where we talked about it a that's little bit. That's what I said to you on the phone while I was crying. Yeah. I was just like, we just need, I was like, we just need to, no, even if you don't die tragically young and you get to live till nine, yeah. it's still fucking short. We need to enjoy each other. We need to love each other. That's all. Like, that's what Trevor would have wanted. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it's crazy, just that sort of thing, because it's so, I don't know, but it's one of those things where it's so easy to forget that at the same time, but also how do you, how do you constantly live with that? It seems like it's, it's hard to do, hard to do that. Well, I think that, I think, you know, if you're trying to live a, a state of like that, that can be bypassing toxic positivity, but I'm saying as someone, you know, like, the, uh, the definition of um, mental and emotional health is being able to feel the full spectrum of emotion. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do think that's important. But, like, I, as someone maybe in survival mode for so long, probably, like, a lot of the rest of the world, like, I have not – I did not learn to prioritize, like, joy and fun yeah. and happiness, you know? I'm also, like, sort of a recovering agoraphobe. Oh, I don't think I need that. About you. About what? the agoraphobe? That you were an agoraphobic. But I mean, she I've, talks about I it all the time. I know, I guess she's, so she's saying I, I never want to leave my Here, house. Here's <laughs> some, yeah, here's some of Blair's most used words. Pizza, window shades, and I don't know. The, the combination I always think about Blair is like... Couch, darkness. Or, darkness. Were you, like you weren't like that in New York, though, were you? No, it was sort of like happened after like during my first year here it was like the relationship i went down sort of that road then the breakup and it's just like my friends i've always been introverted especially like this job we do takes expends a lot of energy at night right but a lot of my friends issues with me is that they find Mm -hmm. it hard to hang out yeah you make yourself kind of unavailable i suppose (laughs) near impossible to book for a podcast (laughs) Yeah. I was the one that suggests. I was I the one that said this one though, because I'm trying to change and pursue joy and connection. Pursue joy and pursue connection. Yeah. And I think it's probably it's. You said it was probably in light of recent events, because it's like kind of an eye opener. It it was an eye opener. Mm-hmm. Another conversation I had with our friend Caleb here on another conversation I had with Ron, and I was just like, okay, I've sort of like done a lot of deep healing, and now I need to move into the next phase of my life where I really enjoy. And I want, like, instead of... Another problem I have with social media is always looking outward. Like, I don't want to look outward. I want to be where I am looking at my life. Also, this was just was just uh, 500 milligrams of caffeine a day, part of this new <laughs> new joy pursuit. Am I fucking... I'm I think pro- you've had a, probably a couple hundred milligrams of caffeine a day. Yeah, I'm, like, methed out right this now. Might be two, this is probably 250, no, no lie. Probably 250 milligrams. How much coffee did you have today? Look, I'm not trying to make any calculations. I'm just curious. I just like to think about this stuff. I ask people questions because I'm curious about stuff because... Do you struggle with uh, finding joy and happiness in your life, John? I don't know. I think um, traditionally, I think not at all. I think I'm usually the guy who is like the opposite. I'm kind of like too much joy or if if something is just joyful, I'm like, fuck that. That seems boring and dumb. I don't (laughs) have anything to do with it. A lot of times I think I'm the opposite where I will just... It's like the only thing I care about is if it's not if it's just to make something fun, but I think I've I think I have the older I get that I have more trouble accessing that I think I think it's just like you get older and more responsibilities and stuff, but um, yeah I don't know I, I I kind of feel like it's confusing, that's the thing that's what I'm saying I guess about what I was saying about all this um conjecture and arguing going on in the world I find it harder for me to be joyful when that stuff when i feel like there's like if not everyone if everyone's not getting along everyone's not happy i'm like oh but th- why are you guys fighting it's hard for me to ignore that uh-huh. when i just want to like you're an empath yeah but i also want to just do like i want to can i go on the kids ride like it's for kids I'm like 
well, can I go on it? Like, I, that's my always the guy who's like doing that sort of thing. Like, I want to do the thing that you're not. But you're an adult. It's like, well, okay, but I mean, can I handle my weight? I just want to go on this fucking thing that the kids are doing because it's so much fun. Because I think it's like a, such a departure from like heaviness of things. I think it probably came from like having a bowel disease for a long time. There's there's so much heaviness associated with that. I was always trying to find a way out of it. And I think it just became a reflex to always do like a fun thing. Like what's the most fun you can have with it? Any situation, how can you have fun with that situation? I think it's for me it's hard when situations are heavy. Like the whole corona stuff is everything about it is heavy and that makes me feel like like, oh, you're not supposed to be you're not supposed to be fucking around like like if I go to a store if I go out in the world anytime, I'm always fucking with people. Not like not in a mean way, but I'll always be like talking to some person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll just like always fucking with people. I'll be like talk to a stranger. Sure. I'll ask them a weird question, or I'll like uh, compliment someone's or dog. You or are just in a fully fully <laughs> developed character talking to people. That too. Sometimes, if I can get away with it, I will. I think like, that's good though. It, I also think I like one, it. one thing that I feel is like a marker of like fulfillment and um like fun and joy is like you have a lot of interests that you're always um doing which i think is like one of those things a lot of people spend their lives saying like i should do that i should take up art i should and they (laughs) never do and you don't like when i look at your garden to me and i know you don't probably realize this because it's you and your garden but i'm like that is like so beautiful like your garden to me is so beautiful because like it's so much like love and toil in there and there's so and like you're so passionate about like you know everything about plants and stuff yeah it's i do agree with you but i think a lot of times lately it's taken i've haven't been doing it very joyfully it's become like a like a distraction like an obsession to i do that stuff instead of doing stuff that's related to uh, my career. <laughs> it's like, don't, I've been doing that as a side thing, like getting too into it or getting into it in a way that doesn't make me happy. It feels more like a job and less like a thing where like, oh, look at this. Like there's occasionally stuff where I'm like, oh my God, like I saw a mushroom today I've never seen before in my life and I'm like, holy shit, it looks disgusting. I'll show you a video of it. It looks like, honestly, like, like a white penis with a bunch of dog shit on the tip of it. It's so disgusting. <laughs> But like that's Sounds the, like one of my exes. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. oh boy. I'll show you right now. It's so gross. I'm kidding. I know. It's I've so never gross. Done anal. Whoa, whoa. We weren't even talking about Here we that. go. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even talking Mark it. Forty one minutes in. Blair <laughs> came out with w- it. Would you? Are you too afraid or what? Damn. I have no interest. I don't think it brings female pleasure. But then I but then I'll, who knows, like there's Whoa, anal. Right? Isn't that gross? Exactly what it looks like. I know it's so gross. <laughs> I don't it's like a chocolate dip talk. There, it's there so are a gross. lot of women who like it though. No, I know, not a lot. I wouldn't say a lot. Yeah. You meet one and they're like really enjoy it, and that makes me happy, and I love that for them. <laughs> There's a lot of people who like and I all like kinds tr- of. Shit. I like trying. I look. I like trying stuff. I'm sure I'll get to it before death comes for me. But like, you Maybe know, that's how death will come to you. Well, like, <laughs> she dies uh, from anal. Uh, <laughs> Speared. Your grandma's still alive. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. Throwing herself on the casket. Oh no! Oh no! Blair. Why you gotta do anal? This little man. I said it's too big for anal. Look, I never met a dick too big, but um. Whoa. Anyways. 
Never met a dick too big. That's the name of this podcast. I'm trying to think. I've, I've, I've met a dick that's too big that luckily he didn't want to fuck me. I just sucked it, but it was a lot to get around. <laughs> Even my hands and mouth. It was, a, it was big. That's, is it, did it feel kind of like he had a burden to bear? No, those people never have. Um, they're like, in my experience, like in my dogs. field data, like anyone with a really big dick is like not a great dude. Like just fundamentally, it's hard to stay a good person when you have a dick that big. I'm not even blaming. No, that's no, what no, I, I told my wife. I'm not even. True. <laughs> that's what I told them. I'm not even blaming them. Like I take them, I remove them from the blame because they just like walked around with this thing, like mm-hmm. whatever. What if you had a big one but didn't know it until your personality had formed? No, that's not possible. I think you know it by middle school. Really? Mm-hmm. How? I mean, like, anyone I've met with a really big dick is just, like, an objectively horrible person. <laughs> like, they can't, they, even if they wanted to, like, maintain some grasp on morals or manners or anything, they just can't even keep it in reach, even if it's just not. That's so funny. It's just that's like their hands are slippery. That's how much we're animals. That's how much we're still yeah. animals is that, that that's how much power that big dick gives you. Right. And so it's almost like growing up a rich kid. Like, growing up rich, like, very rich, it's nearly mm-hmm. impossible for you to be a good person. That's what Jesus says. You know that I it's just true. heard on a podcast that, like, Jesus, who was Jesus' uncle was, like, super rich? Jesus was not poor. Jesus was very, very poor. Well, then also, the historical... <laughs> there's a lot of arguments about historical Jesus. There's Jesus, a lot of gaps the, in the Jesus gospel. Was, this is what I say. This Jesus, is what I say about the fucking Bible. Jesus oh, wow, was it's very, the longest game poor, of telephone guys. ever. It was, oral, it was orally passed down, and then uh, other guys just had the fucking gall to be like... <laughs> I'm just gonna like make my own version. This is James's version of the Bible. I wasn't there. Oh, this was thousands of years ago. But I'm just gonna do a little rewrite from James. James has a lot to say. James is his brother. King James. I mean, yeah. in Britain, these people—they made their own versions of the Bible. I'm like, you well, can't you just to, make you a appease version. the aristocracy. I gotta appease the uh, the. Uh, He's the like, royals. I'm just gonna make a few changes. I'm allowed to do this. I just want to clarify, and then we're going to move on. Jesus' uncle was not rich. Also, right. Jesus, I mean, he was rich in friends. He was rich, <laughs> he was rich in influence. Yes, I yes, think if, yes. you're, if you are Jesus, and you're as influential and as intelligent as you are, yes. you probably, money is immaterial to you. Do I have to squeeze away? You can have, you can have whatever you want. You're Jesus. You can have anything. Blair's in the restroom. I think it's clean. Yeah. God, look at all that Diet Coke. It looks really good to me. It does. I, uh, I took the, I drove the scooter over here. This is the, right. first, the longest I've Can't driven. Can't wait to check it out. The, the longest I've driven on it. It's very scary. <laughs> uh, I've, I've only gone on it maybe like five, seven times now yeah. since we've had it in the past month. I just want it for times like this. Julia works Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. We only have one parking spot. Our neighborhood, We you cannot have a second car. Yeah, it's so So we got the scooter for days like today so I can just come and podcast with you. Mm-hmm pretty fun but it's, it's a scary vespa? yeah Damn. vespa 300 it goes fast those are those are highway it can go on the highway it, it can go on the but highway you don't I'm, want to. I'm not there yet yeah. i did i did 50 miles today driving here wow. a couple times at 50 miles per hour um, and that felt okay going 40 is starting to feel okay now yeah but it's just uh, you've got to get your body used to the sense the all the I sensory bet. overload like a, a big truck drives up next to you like a trash you truck you feel it Yes, you can feel it shaking when it's right next to you. Because you feel the, 
The vacuum too. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh fuck. Which if you're in a car, you never feel that shit. Yeah, at unless all. you're in a tiny car. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys talking about? How about uh, uh, driving on the Vespa now? Oh. Getting used to that feeling. I got. I got oh, yeah, I used to have one in college. Oh yeah. Um, I had a Honda Metropolitan. And um, I told you they gave me my motorcycle license on accident. Uh, and no. my dad was so mad. He was so fucking mad. And then um, after college, he made me get rid of it because he was like afraid I was going to drive drunk on it. Did you ever drive drunk on it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, but, only, but only like literally on um, a tiny. I would never go on the main roads drunk or anything. I would literally just go like up the neighborhood street. I wasn't. And I'd also... Have never driven drunk in the car. I never drive. I Good. don't drive at all because I get I now I get buzzed off one sip. Yes. So. Uh, I don't. I deserve a thousand DUIs. Uh, I I haven't drank for almost three years now. But if that's you, incredible, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I that doesn't mean that sometimes I don't want to. Right. Of course. Um, especially like on a Sunday night, like when it's slower at the Chatterbox totally. and I'm bartending, and then like. You just get a couple of like young babes in there. That, totally. Like, these young babes like throw themselves at me. They've like heard about. They they want to take a run at the god. Why? Because the so, scooter? No, no, no. <laughs> we're now we're onto something else. At the chatterbox, like this young right? chick kept coming up to me, and she's cute. And, and I asked her, I was like, "How old are you?" And she was like being kind of flirty with me, and I was like, "How old are you?" And she said, "23." And, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then she's like, "Why?" And I was like, "That's just you're just so very young, or whatever." Mm-hmm. Then later on, she just kept drinking, and then she just sat at the bar. And she, they always say age is nothing but a number. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys like, are you a cop? I, I understand that about alcohol. That's sort of how I feel about, like, um, like, these bad men, you know, where I'll go, like, a really long time, and then I'll just be like, fuck it, you know? That's a, you want a you, shot? That's it's uh, <laughs> fully stocked. Yeah, that for me is drinking. That's eating like fast food, like late at night. Del Taco's like food. a siren song for me, especially. Wait, 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 I missed what you guys. Are, how did you start talking just about this? The, just that addiction. Oh, that like thing a vice. Where, that yeah, that thing where you're like, fuck it, and you just do it, right. and you're giddy like doing it. No, it's so you get that like that like demo like, inside <laughs> you, and you're like, yeah, let's fucking go. So that's how you do when let's you're gonna when you're go. texting one of these bad guys and you just text something. Yeah, that's how you feel, right? No, it's usually like, look, I try to do everything to like keep myself. In the, it's usually like I'll run into one of them or something. Well, you keep yourself in what? Just like in the well now good zone. I don't mean I don't want to make it like this crazy binary for myself that it really feels like it is. Um, <laughs> but I I've been trying you know the last eight ten months to be like I'm gonna go date and meet like my husband. I'm mm-hmm. like ready for love because I really do want love. What you just said sounded so much like The Bachelor, <laughs> The Bachelorette. <laughs> They're saying I'm ready for love. No, like, it's except just like all, those are all like 25 year olds and stuff. Blair's yeah. obviously ready for love, but still, I mean, it's the same sentiment. It's like I'm well, ready for it's love. Just, no, it's just like I'm wanting this thing that I'm very scared of and actively run from, and actively do everything not to have. <laughs> like I go on all these first dates with these very sweet men, and then I just like. Then they immediately call to set up the second date, and like. Oh, but these guys aren't playing the game right. I guess, but there I mean, shouldn't be games. I don't. Just I disagree with that. I've talked about this many times on many things, but I think if you really like a person, you owe it to them and yourself 
to not ruin it by being too eager. Setting up a second date after a good first date isn't being too eager. Yeah, right, right, like, right away? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. You I don't gotta, know. You I'm gotta, must think so. I don't know. <laughs> no, it sucks because, like, no, I've, I've been talking about this in therapy. Like, it actually makes me sad, but, like, because, you know, when people say, like, oh, you love bad guys, you love, and it's like, I I don't. Like, I don't like them. You don't I, love them. I, I don't but like them as people at all, and I never want to spend time with them right. or be in a, I don't want to date them. I, I want a great dude who loves me, who I let love me, but, like, when I meet these, like, extremely emotionally available men, something inside me, like, because it's probably unfamiliar, mm-hmm. it doesn't, is, like, doesn't have a good time responding to them or something. That's because those guys aren't that interesting, probably. You haven't found, like, the... the I need a middle ground, You right? need to find the integration of the two. Yeah. Yeah, there's, gonna, there's exciting guys that are emotionally available. There's going to be a guy that there. Where but, like, you don't stuff. want it. Like, I've, I've read all these books and listened to all these Oh, uh, here podcasts. we go. It's not this thing again. And No, but yes, they, yes, all say, yes. they all say, fuck the spark. Fuck the spark. They, like, stop looking for, like you know, fireworks and look for a good partner who that because attraction fades and you want someone that you like really get along with who's going to like be there to comfort you in the middle of the night when your parent dies. That is attraction. Yeah, but it's not what you think of like physical. Also, I think that it's each person's job to, to do things that generate attraction. A lot of times generating attraction is not it's not your impulse. You have to think about this like a if you're playing a game which is a sort of a game, is you do play a game with someone you're attracted to to make them more attracted to you. I've never thought about this before. But it's a thing where, well, maybe you haven't thought well, of it because well you're a woman, yeah, so it's we, different. We are you. animals. There are rituals. There are these things. They exist. They're not going away. It's never, it's not you making logical choices. So it is a game. It's not logical at all yeah. because what I logically like is so different than what I'm like physically attracted to. And it actually makes me really sad. And it's something I'm more trying really hard to recalibrate. I guess I just don't understand it so much because to me it seems like it's clear cut that you have to be super physically attracted to a person otherwise it won't work but also if you are that means something but you also have to do things with the person you have to act in certain ways that are contrary to your instincts to make sure you don't drive them away or or you also you want to do the opposite you want to do things that create attraction by maybe not being super available or you have to be like i always think about like way way back when i was like desperate for a girlfriend like forever ago how i was doing that so much but but then once i started actually having activities i was like i was busy i was doing stuff for myself i was interested i was started doing comedy and just doing things then i met a lot of people this is that thing where you're not like sitting around thinking about how you you want to have something and you have like well i've got other stuff to do so this this aspect of my life isn't take it's not the forefront of it I think that's what a lot happens with a lot of people is they seem to be like, I mean, I think about guys who I talk to, they're like um, so into someone and it's like you're, you're going to push them away because you're just, you're not giving them space. And to want you. Yeah, you have to give people space to have to build desire yeah. and that's like a thing that's counterintuitive because it's like if you have a big piece of, big thing of cake in front of you, you want to just gobble it all but it's like, you gotta like re- have the res- you gotta have the uh, the strength of mind and the will to resist doing the thing that you want to do in order to get the thing you actually want. <laughs> that is literally my whole thing, except the opposite way. Like I have to resist doing this bullshit 
so that I can do this thing and I have to resist not wanting to see people again that there's just like I keep having these great first dates but I because in my head I'm not like I want to fuck that person like I'm like do I like them I we can't don't tell. want to if you don't want to you shouldn't be with them but that's but there's plenty of people like I've had friends like over the years where or like comedians or something where it's like I never would have fucking looked at them on the street but I got to know them and I was like I really like this person you know so I the street's different like on the street's different I mean like we've we've talked about the voice thing right Hmm. I talk about that I talked about talked about Amy Zeroff on tour we talked about like crazy I was telling her just how like much how important is someone's voice to me (laughs) like if you have a bad voice, both of you have great voices. I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy hearing your voice. And Blair's That's just, really nice because a lot texting, of people say but, mean things about mine on the internet. Yeah, because everything that's good is polarizing. So why would they yeah. would you, what are they supposed to say? Oh, your voice is uh, it's so neutral. I love it. I love how <laughs> I love how uninterested. You know what I love about you? How fucking boring you are. <laughs> how like that. But I think that's like a big aspect. Like I, told, I always tell this story. It's so dumb. But many years ago, like in Minneapolis, I was at this bar drinking till closing time. And I kept eyeing this girl across from the bar. It's like super cute, super cute. Then like closing time comes, we actually, I actually talking to her, you know, I hear her voice and like instantly I was like, oh no. <laughs> like just it everything. Like? It just sounded like, I couldn't even do an impression of it. It just sounded like everything, the opposite of everything I envisioned who this person yeah. was from seeing them. Once I heard them, I just was turned off immediately. It's like that off. Seinfeld episode. But then, you know, I think about like podcast fans and, um, you know, I don't know that much about podcasting, yeah. but um, I, when I used to listen to some comedy podcasts like many years ago, um, <laughs> many, many years ago, 2012, okay. 2013, 2014, I, some people whose name I would rather die than say, I listened to their podcast and I like would become attracted to them because I got to know them after months and months listening to them every week. And when you get to know someone, then you can be attracted to them sometimes. True. Where I never would have ever thought, you know, anything about them. I guess what I'm saying though is not getting to know a person. I think how you sound, maybe how you smell, all these things that are intrinsic to a human being, if once you, you can like, like the whole like thing like the dating app stuff is so confusing to me because I don't know how you can meet someone without hearing their voice, without seeing how they walk. There's a lot of people who they look one way, but then you see them as they move. <laughs> because a lot of models who in person they're not attractive because mm-hmm. they like they they don't Awkward. they don't have like a interesting movement. There's all these things that we can't really describe that are these super finely tuned physical and um, like oral attributes that are the makeup attractiveness and if you're just judging someone based upon an image that's basically like judging someone like everyone has to be a print model and a print model yeah. is different than a commercial model is different than like all these different things it's so complicated to me that it's like the kind of thing where i don't know i just feel like it's um it's absurd to think that you would like someone based upon anything on paper at all do you feel like you you're having to deprogram yourself yeah big time Big time, because, like, you know, first you have to become aware of the patterns and, like... Um, the patterns of, of douchebags? Not douchebags. Like, I don't even want to, like, shit on anyone I've dated at this point. They're real, like... Just say their names. No. Because, <laughs> like, there are no, like, enemies. It's, like, I'm responsible for my own choices, and I'm responsible for 
the relationships I involve myself in and how I conduct myself and all this stuff. Like, when I was younger, I always used to be like, this guy's a fucking <laughs> asshole. Like, it's all their fault. Like, completely remove myself of any responsibility. And yeah. then I learned, like, yeah, I have a huge part in all this. And, like, you know, now I've become so gun-shy of relationships, even though that's what I've really wanted, because it feels like there's more pressure right now because I do want a family. So it feels... Yeah. I think I'm so also afraid because I feel like like I'm afraid of making the wrong choice. I just think, you know what, you, the way I've been, you know, we've been talking and I've been, I've been talking to you for a couple of years now and you're going through all these growth. I think you're just not done yet. I yeah. think you're very close to becoming done. I really do believe that. And that's why you haven't met the right guy yet. Yeah. Because why would you want to meet a guy before you're done? What's your email address? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you want to email you're, once Blair. You're done, you, once you're done, the, the guy's going to pop Listeners, up. Listeners, feel free to DM me, but no, only if you don't have a fucking private profile. You fucks with a private profile. And it's like um, it's like being in inside a house with all windows at nighttime. Like, you can see me and I can't see you. And, like, how can we go forward? Yep, you can't. can't go forward. Maybe follow me back. Hey, follow me back. Follow so many people on my Instagram where I have no idea who they are. You and, you're, and you are going to be attracted to the guy when you meet him too. I know you you, keep, you always keep bringing up that thing, but that's just not. I no, mean, that's comforting to me because yeah. I think I've developed like this Madonna whore complex. Like Wait, I'm what a is fucking that? dude. Madonna whore. It's this thing or that she's men like, do. She fucks these like dirty guys. Those are the guys, and now I have to make myself like oh. be with these good guys. You know how guys do that where they like want the go- they want to marry the good girl but they want to fuck like these bad gr- these quote unquote bad girl like these dumb yeah. binaries. But I think I've unconsciously developed that in my head where I've like separated the two. Separated the two. Where she's saying the hot guys I want to fuck but that's not the what's good for me. What's good for me is these nice guys. I'm not saying hot because like well, well, I, when I, I say hot, hot when like I, when a I lot s- of my friends do not. When I say hot, hot I mean sexy. You mean yeah. a dirty dog. Uh, I, yeah. mean, I, <laughs> I mean a dirty dog who just gets it. What's the saying? Uh, gets it up the middle? Yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> I am attracted to, like, because, like, my therapist, it's That's funny that you brought dog. up the voice because my therapist, the first thing she, because she's like, oh, so you like, like, very alpha guys, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up in, like, toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? So I'm, like, always attracted to you. It's like, being rebranded. It's just now called masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she's, like, so do they all – she's, like, so now tell me, like, your last three exes. Like, and she's, like, tell me about their voice. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, was it very – and I would literally – I was laughing because I was just, like, every one of my exes has, like, one of the deepest voices you've ever heard. And, like, when I heard Will Arnett's voice the other day, I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, have I – He's like this. Hey, I, I literally asked myself, I was, like, have I slept with Will Arnett? <laughs> I couldn't tell. His voice is, like, comical almost. I feel like it's, I like – I know. That's how like, my exes are. His voice is, like, having, like, a super defined six-pack where it's kind of, like – it's kind of gross, actually. It's a little gross. Have you, there's guys I know when they get talking and you could tell that they really literally like the sound of their own voice. And yeah. they, like, put a little butter on it. And I'm, like – Give me a break. Put a little butter At the on bar, it. it happens all the time. You gotta do that. That's just how, I that's probably, how life I is, though. I probably slept with them. <laughs> I probably did. Everybody puts a little butter on it sometimes. No, you could tell. You could tell these guys. I do it. I do it all the time. Oh, well, really? I'm gonna I've have done to it. believe you. I'm gonna have I don't to know how you. to put butter on my voice. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, you gotta go to voice camp, sweetheart. <laughs> sweetheart, you, you need voice camp. Sweetheart. Voice camp. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna get you in a room with a linguist. Oh God! Get you to put, put a little, uh, put some 
But, uh, buttered toast is what you want to go for. Put a little butter on my nose. Here's butter toast. I'll give you butter toast. This is butter toast. Hey, I'm calling right now. I want to see if you guys had any more of the uh, the RTIC 52 in stock. I know. I just I messed up. I bought I bought a couple of them. And yeah, did my assistant already call? Okay, great. Uh, great. Well, I guess is it possible to have that overnighted? It's what's funny there to me is go. this is this is the best Johnny's got. <laughs> Do you think was that my, your impression of me? No, no, that was his best. That was his butter. But oh. also, you're hearing this right now on the mic. It sounds different. Oh, you might. It be sounds right. different because I'm a voice actor. Oh. So I'm. <laughs> I'm, a, a I'm employing some. I'm employing some tricks of the see, trade now, here. Now, see now that's getting a little better. But you don't want to get too low because if you get too low, you, you got to feather it. You got to be like mid to low. If you're too low, it's aggressive. And if you're too that's high, it's scary. My aggressive. Yeah. And that's how after shows I when you go like this? have no voice. I yeah. think a lot of times, this is like the biggest critique I'd probably ever give you. But I think a lot of times. Bad jokes. No, no, no. Opposite. Opposite. Great jokes that I think sometimes are so funny that you don't need to do anything. You don't need to be aggressive with them. Maybe. I, I really even, do. I mean, it's like they're no, so no. funny. I understand, but for me, I'm not even thinking. Like, this is just a... Right. It's not a conscious Watch choice. the tape. It's <laughs> just primal. It's, I feel very primal on stage. It's super primal. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. It wasn't me. I, mean, I had no. I had no prayer. I had no prayer from the start. I, I, I knew that I had no prayer. We did a stream a couple months ago, or like I don't know, maybe six months ago. I don't know what time exists anymore, but it was Fatem and I. I think maybe one other person. It was Brent Weinbach. We did a stream, and uh, we ended it. It was just a natural pause. We held on. I'm not kidding. I think we held on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Of utter silence, and it was just—it was the funniest thing I've experienced in a long time. There's nothing funnier with comedians. Like I would not. There's nothing funnier like than just sitting silent. Because you could see our faces. Our faces were on the street, so you could see us being like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was—it was a great moment in my life. I would always get in so much trouble in school for that. For being quiet. No. Um, okay, I was about well, to say. I would read a book a lot of times. And get you got in trouble for reading books? I would read a novel in front of the teacher, and they'd get so fucking mad. But um, no, because if someone else would do something, like I would laugh, mm-hmm. and I, I'm just not someone who can hold in laughs. Like they would, oh, I'd always yeah. get in trouble for that. My brother got in trouble for in the when he was in the Marines uh, in boot camp. Because he would laugh at oh. everything. Oh shit! And they, they just made him keep like that's like Full Metal shit. Jacket. Remember yeah. that part? What's so funny? What are you? What the maggot. fuck are you laughing at, maggot? Yeah, he he would just get in trouble all the time. He said that the drill sergeants say like the fun. He said they're like stand up comics. He's like they're the funniest guys you ever. I bet because they, they're just they're basically doing routines all day. You know. Well, that's the story about Full Metal Jacket. Is they hired that guy. I can't think of his name. The the drill instructor. He was to te- he was teaching the actor. And Kubrick is like, you're the guy now. Oh, that's just terrible. yeah. The guy who know. talks like this. I've never seen that. Never movie. seen that movie. No, there's it's, so it's many dark. movies. Oh, it's you so need good. To give me a list, cause I haven't seen that many movies. Have you seen Apocalypse Now? Yeah. Okay. Okay then. I saw that in school. Man, I love war movies so much. So did <laughs> my dad. I've seen it every one. After we, wa- I watched, I watched. 
1917 with my parents. Ooh. And my dad is always 85% fucking with me, but also serious when he says this shit. He turned and looked at me and he goes, that's why men make more money than women. Oh, you told this show before. You told us on stage. No. You have to do that. I've never said that. Like, that, that right there, I remember you did your, uh, your show about food. There was some joke you ended it with that was like very much not like a typical Blair joke. It was just a story. It was about your dad. It was about like food and stuff. How he made, I know because you like the part, but I was like, I don't, I don't do anything that would make my dad look bad or well, my family look bad. It doesn't make him look, long, look bad, and I'm never wrong about the stuff like this. I've never been wrong ever my about this. My dad made this. me, everyone was eating cheeseburgers and I was like um, so a funny. little porker for like a year. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Wait, how dad, old were you? I was like in fourth grade. It was like yeah. right before I grew. <laughs> and everyone else was eating cheeseburgers and he made me go eat a tuna. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so bad. Your brain oh has been destroyed. God. I'm on vacation. Oh. In front of on everyone. On vacation. Yeah, on vacation. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Poor little Dude, Blair. It's like, I, saw, I always think about how my dad was always working. He was never there. I talked to my dad on the phone for a maximum of five minutes once a month. And that's like trying to like, it's like, getting the most out of my can. I'm like, that's not good. That's worse. My that's dad, worse. My dad is... Right? Isn't that worse? No, I mean, you have no idea the way I grew up was so fucking insane. That's gnarly. But I love... I Because, see, I don't even... See, I feel disloyal even saying that on this podcast because I love my dad so much. And of course I don't, you love him. And I, and I never want anyone... I'm so, like, Italian. Like, I never want anyone to judge my family in any way. Like, and I don't want to say anything that Yeah, I, you can say that, but I can't say your dad sucks. I have to say... I don't want you to say I'm my not, dad. I don't think your dad sucks. Uh, I'm just saying, like... And I don't want any... I would never want anyone yeah, to judge Yeah, but I mean, family. you know, that's the nuance of people. That's, like, art. That's everything. Is mm-hmm. That's what people like, The Sopranos. I know, but I feel like in the way that we are drawn to that, like, the world has become devoid of <clears throat> any nuance, and that's my problem. Like, people don't allow things to hold two things at once. But that's why we, people like us, need to push... You know, when we talk off mic, we say things. We have to say those things out loud. But we do say them uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We do, too. I don't want to say, yeah. like, we're cowards or anything like that. But we have to push ourselves to say those things more because we have to be the people... Because I absolutely agree with you. To be like, listen, uh, even though this person said this or does this, they're still my friend. I love them. Get the Grow the fuck up. Yeah. Because yeah. the world... People have to grow up. Oh, well, that is the whole thing where it doesn't allow people to grow because what, what a lot of times the like, lack of nuance yeah or like yeah. people get in trouble for stuff i mean some things are like again more intense yes. than others like if We're you rape or kill someone or anything yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah but like i'm saying with stuff like especially also in situations where you know that person you fundamentally know that person is not who they were when they like said this or that or like yeah people change significantly but what is the what is the um drive or to reform if it doesn't matter if there's no path to restoration you know what i mean yeah exactly but anyways i don't want to do that tuna joke (laughs) you you you've got it it's it's not even a joke it's a story it's like a super endearing but but it paints this beautiful picture you have other great i mean yeah i I get why she wouldn't want to say it though because i don't because i think that if it's funny it doesn't matter he walked out that night and he's like He's like, you got to do th- That was like my favorite part. And I was like, yeah, that's the part I'm never like doing. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, though. The fact that you don't want to do it, that's so indicative of something that's really powerful and interesting. I've already done a makes lot of confessional feel shit, though. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even a confessional. I think about like anyone. 
I mean, from the stuff I like the most is the stuff where it paints this beautiful, nuanced picture of people you know and love and how, like, things are weird and different. And, like, that's the stuff that is really – I mean, it's great to see someone crush and be super funny, but the stuff you walk home with, the stuff that sticks in your brain forever is never that. It's always like, wow, that's – I've never heard someone talk I, about I think that, that story. it's so unique. I think that's a punchline. And so you need to just be aware that there's a premise out there that's going to make that an awesome punchline. The story itself doesn't – I get where you're coming from. But if you could say like, oh, you want to think that I'm privileged. This is obviously not the thing. What about this? That kind of thing. There's a premise that's going to be floating out there where that story is going to be the perfect punchline. I mean that's one of – Two million stories. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in for the. I'm like in for my the, dad uh, the used to make me run fine. suicides in the back of the, in the backyard. Yeah, fucking. Awesome. I mean, you're an athlete, so I mean, I just, I wish I could see you in fourth grade. I, I wish I could have saw the whole thing unfold, and then you eating a tuna sandwich, just your little scrunched up face. That's the fucking show I watch. I also think I think nuance is coming back. Honestly, it, re- it has. I to. really think it I is. I would love. It's into that's reaction that's to all a this. Hopeful, that's I think it's a really back. hopeful beautiful sentiment i think i'm bringing nuance back (laughs) but here's the thing also and i talk about this all the time especially like with rosebud but like even the best most virtuous person on earth has done horrible things everyone is in therapy because of someone else like and even that perspective that i used to have that very immature perspective that like even if a guy was a objectively awful to me like you know you take a part in being in that relationship with that person there's even if it's a small amount of responsibility there is always responsibility in it self-responsibility and like blame is like a really agents like agentless agencyless um way of living yeah because like it takes everything off yourself you're like oh this person did it Oh, that's what he went looking for. I remember this song came out. Ooh, it was awesome. Oh my when this God. song came out, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was a whole new thing. Yeah. Yeah! Chopped and screwed, yo. You could just slow it down? Yeah, you can. Tune in to twitch.tv slash Johnny Pemberton. Twitch.tv slash Johnny Pemberton. Catch me my guest. Have I ever seen your Twitch? No. I don't think so. I mean, you don't, see, you don't watch anything. You don't. You just said that a few minutes ago. I'm bringing nuance back. What? These motherfuckers, they can lick my crack. Who? I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> but we really care. I won't say names. Yes, I will. Do you dare? Oh God, you should record that. I just did. We're yeah, recording podcast. That, well, oh, that's yeah. what I'm hoping to do with the Bible podcast, too, truly, is I want to go after old Christians and mm-hmm. even newer ones and ones who are looking for the thing, but they don't want anything to do with the modern church. I'm yeah, not prepared man. to throw it away. I think it's – I'm excited to see this. I really do like it. I can't I th- wait to fucking see this show. Christ on a crutch. <laughs> Christ on a crutch, baby. Anything you guys want to close with? Um, I want to plug my show. Um, I don't know where I'm going to put this out, to be honest. because okay. I'm, it probably might not be for a little bit. Well, hers shows not until the 16th of September. Oh, my God. Incredible. Memories. 16th of September in New York City at Ground Zero, Blair's... Ju- oh my God. <laughs> Ground Zero Bell House. Look, listen, 
live to tape heads, okay? <laughs> this is your boy fucking Blair here on the mic, hot on the mic. <laughs> I want to make a call out to all the live to tape heads. Live to tape, New York City. New York City. September 16th at the Bell House. We've been rocking together for a while now, and I would love to see you there. It would break my fucking cold Brooklyn, New heart. York. One of the yeah. hottest, hippest places. People like Nick Thune. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Those are the openers are, she put together. Look, Connor O'Malley, Sydney Washington, Sydney Joe Washington. Para, September 16th at the Bell House. Help me sell this motherfucker out. I haven't been to sell New York. Out. I haven't been to New York in like three years. Rats. And Roaches. Who pizza. knows when I'll be back? I'm gonna do a headlining set. So you can find the ticket link in my Instagram or Twitter bio at Blair Socky, B-L-A-I-R-S-O-C-C-I. Thank you so much. I love you. See, what's your YouTube channel called? Uh, we'll see. I'm Yo, pretty sure it'll be uh, Read the Bible with But me. you don't have a YouTube... They will. My guy's doing it. My okay. guy's setting up everything. You got a guy. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then go, go to my... Go to my... <laughs> what? Go where? Go to my monthly show at The Yard. Uh, I believe it's the first Wednesday every The day. Yard, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The fucking oh, Yard's the, the best. Yard. It's the great. Best. They got air conditioners now. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's end with this song. This is the best song. Ready? I'm going to plug it in. Put it directly in. Yeah, it sounds great. Bye. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, y'all. Thanks for being here. Blair's texting. She can't say goodbye. Blair's too busy texting to say goodbye. Too busy texting to say goodbye.